Hey everybody, so glad to come to you with a, a message of hope tonight. Um, I, I just felt like over the next month, maybe even two months, uh, it would be important for us to um, discover God's plan and purpose for your physical healing. Uh, what's his will? How do we receive it if it is his will? And I thought, you know, in the day and hour that we're living in, fear has just run rampant. People are terrified. People are concerned. And I really believe if we understood and knew God's plan and purpose for our, our redemption, how complete that is, that it would dismantle all the fear of everything that's going on in the world right now. So I hope you're ready because we're going to get into Isaiah 53. And we're going to start there and see what God's plan and his purpose is. Now, Isaiah 53 is known as, as the great salvation chapter. I mean, the, the things that we see that Jesus did for us and the plans that he's pulled off for us. So what I'm going to propose to you as, as we read this is healing for your physical body is in God's redemptive plan. So just as much as you are saved and you believe that your sins are forgiven, you are healed and sickness and disease has no place in your life. So let's read in Isaiah 53 and we'll see how that works. And the Amplified Version, of course. Surely he has borne our griefs, sicknesses, weaknesses, distresses, and carried our sorrows and pains of punishment. Yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God as if with leprosy. The word here for, for griefs and sorrows literally translate sickness and disease. And it also says pains of punishment. Sickness has a connotation of punishment. Uh, do you ever feel that because maybe of your mistakes, you're being punished. Has the devil ever sold you on that one? Because of the mistakes that you've made or the sin that you've committed or the trouble that you've gotten into that, you know, uh, you deserve to be punished. Well, I'm here to tell you, no, you don't. You don't. Well, you did deserve to be punished. Don't get me wrong. You did deserve to be punished because of sin. But guess what? Jesus paid the price to remove sin from your life and to, and to cause you to walk in righteousness. We, ever, we can't ever forget the grace factors as we talk about redemption because it's all by grace that we've been saved through faith, through our belief. Let's go on to verse five. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with his stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. Now notice verses 4 and 5 absolutely dovetail and go together. But what we're seeing here is in verse 5, transgressions actually means your rebellion or rebellious acts, sin. Iniquities is your guilt blame and punishment. See, there was punishment that you deserved. Absolutely punishment that you deserved. But Jesus changed that all for us. And so just as much as we are saved 
and we believe that our sins are forgiven, we must at the same time, according to Isaiah, we must believe that our sicknesses have been paid for and bought for and healing is ours. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm sure you've, you know, maybe if you've grown up in, in traditional church or, or, uh, or a religious church, you were told that, well, sometimes it's God's will to heal. Sometimes it's not God's will to heal. I think we should stick with the word of God. Let's stay with the word of God. What does the word of God say? That's what we're looking at today. So I'm not only going to give you just one witness. I'm going to give you three witnesses uh, in the word that tells us that it's God's plan and purpose for us to walk completely free from sickness and disease. Uh, At the same time that Jesus paid the price for our sin, he paid the price of punishment for your sickness and disease, and by his stripes you are healed. Jesus was actually whipped with and flogged they said at least 39 times. We know it was at least 39 times. The Romans didn't always stick to what the actual number was, but we know it was at least 39 times. He was whipped, and, and the, this whipping um, uh, with this cat of nine tails had glass in it, it had bone in it, and it had sharp objects. So when, the, when it went into Jesus' flesh, it tore his flesh. To the, to the point where it looked like that somebody had gone over his back, um, you know, basically with a meat grinder. He suffered that punishment for you. So why should we, if Jesus suffered that punishment, why should we let that go in vain and not receive that for ourselves? I want you to say this with me. Say, at the same time, when Jesus bore my sin, He bore my sickness. I believe that and I received that for me. Awesome. Uh, Because of sin, sickness was part of the punishment of that sin. Jesus paid the punishment price so that you and I could be healed. Let's give you another witness because I think it's really important that we just don't take something out of context or Throw a scripture out there. Let's, let's make sure that we've got another witness. In the book of Matthew, verses eight through se- uh, uh, chapter 8, verse 17, here's another witness. This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah, who said, He took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. What we see here is Matthew is quoting Isaiah. Matthew is quoting Isaiah. So if you're wondering, well, that was in the Old Testament that they had, you know, uh, provision for sickness and disease. Well, guess what? Coming right over into the New Testament, he again says that he's done just that in Isaiah 53. In 1 Peter 2.24, which you know very well, I'm sure, here's another witness. He, Jesus, personally bore our sins in his own body on the tree as on an altar and offered himself on it, that we might die and cease to exist to sin, live to righteousness, by his wounds you have been healed. 1 Peter 2.24. Now I want you to pay attention to something. In Isaiah, he says that by his stripes we are healed. 
pointing to, Isaiah pointing to the cross of Jesus. We see that here in 1 Peter 2.24, he says, by his wounds you have been healed. Pointing back to the cross where Jesus took care of that for you and for me. So what we see in Isaiah, he says, by his stripes looking forward. But in Peter, he says, by his stripes, we were healed. Now, if you were healed, you are healed. If you were healed, Jesus's will, God's plan and will and purpose is for you to walk in healing and in health. If we look over in the book of Deuteronomy 28, it talks about the curse of the law. You know, it names, gosh, just about every sickness and disease you could possibly imagine. And here's the great thing. I think it's verse 61. It says, and also all those things that are not in this book. <laughs> so he makes provision for any weird disease that'll come up that the world was not familiar with. I bet you Corona is one of those. And the Bible says that he's redeemed us from the curse of the law. He has redeemed us. He's redeemed you. He's redeemed me. We can walk free from sickness and disease and walk in perfect health. This brings glory to God. I'm convinced. If we can sell God's plan and will for us in this area of healing, we can silence the fear and doubt of what we're dealing with in our world. If we truly believe that Jesus paid the price for our sin, we have to believe that he paid the punishment for our sickness and our disease. It's also God's will to heal you. I want to talk about this for a minute because sickness is from the devil. Now, I don't know many people who wouldn't agree with that statement, religious or not. They'll agree that sickness is from the devil or sickness is from the enemy. Yet they'll use something like, well, you know, yeah, that's the case, but, but God really, um, you know, God really wants to point us in the direction of just really trusting him and, 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 and trusting him to get us through things. I agree, trusting him to get us through things, but I also agree with this. God's will and plan of redemption is absolutely and completely and totally for you who believe in Jesus Christ, a yes and amen, according to, Lord, are you willing to heal me? Do you remember that there was a, uh, uh, a man that came to Jesus? He said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And what did Jesus do in the middle of that? He went, well, I'm going to have to think about it. I'll go pray about it. No, he said, I am willing be cleansed. Now, some of you may say, well, yeah, but that was just Jesus' will for that particular person. We're going to see here in a minute when we read some scriptures that uh, God's plan and his purpose is to bring you to a point to understand that his absolute and total perfect plan for your life is healing and health. We can grab onto that. It's not by his stripes we were healed and boy, I hope that works. No, it's by his stripes we're healed and we're going to learn how to appropriate it. Acts 10.38, sicknesses from the devil. Acts 10.38, how God anointed and consecrated Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with strength and ability and power 
how he went about doing good and in particular curing all who were harassed and oppressed by the power of the devil for God was with him. How many did he cure? All. He cured all. His plan and his purpose was to cure all. Now, was everybody healed that was in the earshot uh, of hearing Jesus? No, they weren't. They weren't. Um, some folks, you know, went and, and never were any better. But those who came to Jesus, those who came to him, and in, in, in seeking and searching for a touch from him for their bodies, they were all made whole and well. The Bible says that he could only do, uh, there was a, a portion of scripture that said he could only do a few minor ailments because of their unbelief. So it does take us trusting and believing that this is the truth. But we know that God anointed Jesus to cure all who were harassed and oppressed by the power of the devil. Luke 13, 10 through 16 says this. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could no, in no way raise herself up. Man, can you imagine the hopelessness and the despair this woman had? After 18 years, she's bowed over. She can't straighten up. She has no hope. She knows doctors can't help her. She's tried everything. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your affirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified. I can't help but have a smile on my face when it says, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Immediately when Jesus reached out and touched her. But the ruler of the synagogue answered, oh, this drives me crazy. This part of the scripture, I just, I just don't get it. So here's a woman who'd been bowed down for 18 years. She's crippled. She's miserable. All of a sudden, she completely straightens up. She glorifies God. And here's some religious person going, answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. Oh, I just, I, I just don't understand religion. I just don't get it. I, I'm all about the real Jesus standing up and us believing what he said to do. But then the Lord answered him and said, Hypocrite! Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? So not, ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, hear this, whom Satan has bound, think of it for 18 years, be loosed from this bond or this sickness on the Sabbath. Notice Jesus said, whom Satan has bound. Her sickness originated from Satan. Her condition originated. But Jesus said, be free. And she was. She was ready to receive what Jesus had. So we see again, sickness is of the devil. And God wants us to be free of all the power of the enemy.
Now, check this out in John 10, 10. The thief comes not, a thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. If it has kill, steal, or destroy, it's the devil's work. Sickness, however, has all three of these qualities. Sickness can kill you. Sickness definitely will steal from you, whether it's money for going to doctors or, or, or the peace that you have when you're feeling well. Uh, destroy. Sickness can actually destroy your life. Absolutely destroy your life. So if it's got kill, steal, and destroy, it's the devil's work. God is never in bringing sickness into our lives to teach us something. Uh, I, I got a question for you. If you are a parent and you love your child, obviously you do, would you actually um, want to teach that child something by giving them some type of sickness? I mean, that sounds ludicrous, doesn't it? Of course we wouldn't do that. And if we, in comparison to our Heavenly Father, are evil, not mean we're evil, but in comparison to, how much more the Father wants good things for us. Um, in complete opposite, Jesus says, but I have come to give you life. This life that Jesus gave us is the God kind of life. Zoe, God kind of life. That means everything that, that the God kind of life has in it, he wants to give to us. Remember, Satan kills and steals and destroys, but Jesus comes and gives us life. 1 John 3, 8 in the Amplified says this, but he who commits sin, who practices evil doing is of the devil, takes his character from the evil one. For the devil has sinned, violated the divine law from the beginning. The reason the Son of God was made manifest, visible, was to undo, destroy, loosen, and dissolve the works the devil has done. Jesus' whole job was to destroy the work of the devil. That's his will always. We have determined that sickness is the devil's work. We have determined that, uh, I want to read that scripture in Acts 10.30 again, how God anointed and consecrated Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with strength and ability and power, how he went about doing good and in particular curing all who were harassed and oppressed by the power of the devil. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil and it brings God glory when those works are destroyed in your life. So say this with me again. Say, I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. It is God's purpose and his plan of redemption that I not only be forgiven, but at the same time also healed. All right, let's, uh, let's go on to Psalm 103. This is the last scripture I'm going to hit you with, and I'm going to share with you a really cool exercise that I'm going to encourage you to do this week. All right, it says in Psalm 103, verses 1 through, 1 through 5, 
Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. We see again that the same time he forgave you, he healed you. And the psalmist tells us that. Verse 4, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, if we bring that scripture in verse 3 again, who this is uh, uh, forget not all his benefits. Did you know in Christ Jesus, when you accept Jesus, you are given benefits? There's a benefit package. Like when you go to a new job and they said, okay, well, we're going to pay you X amount of money. And then here's your benefits package. Well, God wants you to know he has a benefits package for you. He forgives all your iniquities, your sins, and heals all your diseases. I love what it says in verse five. He satisfies your mouth with good things. The Amplified there says um, uh, actually to, to, to your age and to like basically to the specific things in your life. He satisfies your mouth with good things at your age and, and, and what you need. And so I'm going to encourage you to do that. So the last thing I want you to do, this is an exercise I want you to do for this week. Okay. This is something I've been doing here lately. Um, and, um, I, I think it's a really good benefit. I think it's something that can really bear some fruit in your life and also cause faith to rise up in your heart. And the assignment is simply this, choose a gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, and read each healing story you find and ask these questions. Number one, what did Jesus do to meet the person where they were at? We're going to talk in the next couple of weeks about how to connect with the promise of the healing power of God. Okay. But I think it's important that we know that wherever you're at, Jesus is going to meet you there and get it over to you. What I was finding in, as I was going through the gospel, um, I was finding that each person seemed to have like a, uh, almost like a, uh, here's my, here's my specifications of what I need. The one guy, if you're willing, well, Jesus said, okay, well, I'll meet you right where you're at. I am willing. And then the other person said, um, uh, there was another late, uh, woman who said, you know, um, uh, even the little dog, because Jesus said, hey, you know, uh, the children's, basically the healing, uh, children's bread, healing is the children's bread, um, but it's only for the little children. She said, even the little dogs uh, receive them from the crumbs of, 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 the, of the table. So right there, Jesus overcame her, her covenant issues and said, no, I'll heal you. So that's important. How do you see the love of Jesus in this story? Follow the love of God through the scripture and, and, and ask yourself, where, where do I see the love of God in this story? And you'll see something really awesome. What statement, lastly, what statement Jesus makes impacts you the most? through the story. What statement that Jesus may make impacted you the most? And if we can ask questions and we can do these things, I think that something really powerful will happen. Faith will begin to well up in our hearts. And so I really want to encourage you to do that. I hope these, uh, 
these truths have helped form a, a better a better look in your heart today, uh, a better look and outlook for your life. I just want to pray blessing over you uh, and strength over you, over your family. I pray the favor of God surround you like a shield. I pray that you are uh, uh, touched by the power of Jesus this week. Uh, I pray that God shows you his goodness, shows you how much he loves you, even this week. I love you. God bless you. Have a great day.